0: Today we're going to launch into, um, I'm going to do a couple of things. What I'm going to do is, first of all, find my specs somewhere. Oh boy, I left them. I'll believe, by, I'll see by faith. Here you go. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. No, I can make it bigger. Don't worry about it. Um, I want to do two things. One is I'm going to go to someplace I wasn't going to go. I'm going to go to Joshua chapter one for a minute. Joshua, Joshua, Joshua chapter one. You can't see. You got to lean in hard, people. There you go. Joshua chapter one. I'm going to read the verse first and then I'm going to go read the rest of the day sermon and show you how it all connects. Here's what he tells them. This is Joshua chapter 1, verse 4. This is what spawned the entire series. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the river euphrates and all the Hittites' country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land, I swore to their ancestors to give them. Now I'm going to come back to that, but I want my, Brian, I want you to put up on the screen for me my map if you can. I want to show you something. This was the boundary line that God gave Israel. And we I want you to see, he made it in green. You're the man. I love it. He made it in green. Everything this in, and, and look at you showing out is in red. I like technology. See, this is why we do this people. And bring it down a little bit. Can you bring it down? Are you back there just moving out? Bring it out a little bit, down, down, so they can see the top of the boundary. That was the boundary line. That's what God said was supposed to be their boundary line. Oh, you doing this so I can see? Is that what you're doing? Thank you. You're kind. You're kind. You just went to my office and found them for me. Now I am dignified and ready, people. So anyway, um, even though I can see pretty good without them, just for the record. They're readers. But but anyway, uh, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) <laughs> Don't start. Okay, so this, this is, this is uh, the boundary line. Now, I want you to notice, he didn't tell them to take over Jordan, all of Jordan. They weren't supposed to conquer everything. That's what I want you to see. That's why, to me, that is a profound verse. It's a profound lesson. If, if, overcoming by faith's challenge was it felt it should conquer everything. We got to win all the souls, be on all the TV stations. So we spend money like it. You do things you don't have to do. I was in the office today before I came out here, and, and something came to my mind to do. And I said, no, no, no. And I really had to get a little bit loud with myself. No, no, no. No, Temple, you're not doing that. No. I said, yeah, maybe I should. No, no. And I started feeling bad a little bit. No, maybe you should. This would be a really good thing. Ricky Temple, that is not within your boundary. You are not responsible for that. You don't have to participate in that. You, you can say no. I'm tempted like you to say yes to everything. But that's not within my boundary. You know one of the reasons I'd be late to stuff? Trying to step out my boundary. This is not the time to wash the clothes on the way out the door, Ricky Temple. Leave, please. Wash them when you get home. This is not the day to, you know, I, I, I push too much into, and I'm going to do a whole sermon on this later on in the year. How we tend to put, we procrastinate or we push too much responsibility into, into a time frame. You don't have time to do all that. There's certain things you can't, I can't talk on the phone right now. Not be successful. There's certain things I can't do. And if I really want to be successful in life, I have to understand my boundary lines. I love this teaching. If it don't help nobody, it's up in the brother. Trust me. So let me, if I can, plow through for a minute here and take you to, a, to, to the Bottom line of today's teaching. Now, there are three, three teachings, and if you missed any one of these, you can get them online. They're all on demand. It's called The series is called Boundary Lines, and there are three things I want to talk about. First of all, in the first sermon, I talked about what you're not supposed to have, and it's called This Doesn't Belong to You. Excuse me, ingrat- hey, and this ain't yours. And I talked about that in detail. This is not supposed to be yours. Coming up with a list of things that don't belong to you. Number two, we talked about what what you're supposed to have. What are you supposed to have? What are the things that you're supposed to have? And there are things that you are supposed to have. But today, we're going to take another step. We're going to talk about how to get what you're supposed to have. Can I get an amen to that one? See, that's important because there are things that are supposed to be yours. And how do you get them? Now, here's what he said in verse three of Joshua chapter one. I'm going to read this and then I kind of read a little bit of it already, but I want you to track with me because this is going to explain to Joshua how to get what you're supposed to have. Here we go. I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will extend. Here we go again from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river to the Euphrates, all the Hittites country to the Mediterranean Sea to the, in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with who? You. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore their ancestors to give them. Be strong, almost finished, and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be what? Prosperous and successful. Haven't I commanded you? Again, he says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now, I want to say there is... Within those verses, there's a list of things that tells you how to get what belongs to you. And I want you to hear these things because it's really simple, but yet profound. First thing he says is I want you to be strong. You, you're only going to get it if you're strong. And that has more to do with making a decision. I used to think <clears throat> strength was about talking to God and he would make me strong. Or right, Here's the decision. You ready? Praying and that would make me strong. I think it helps build strength. But praying alone doesn't do it, going to church alone doesn't do it. Uh, how many of you know weak people who go to church? How many of you know people who go to church who are not nice? Okay, I can keep going, right? right. So church alone doesn't do it. Um, uh, passing by the gym doesn't make you strong, right? Lifting the weights d- does it, right? It's a process, right? So, It's all about a decision. He told Joshua, be strong. Not act strong, be strong. It's a decision. I choose to be strong. I choose not to be controlled by that. That's a decision I make. He said, no, 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 no. I'm going to pray and get strong in the Lord. Okay, I understand what you mean. But what you discover is it's more of a decision, first I, got, I have to decide to be strong and then I act on that decision. So I decide that I want to be strong in a relationship. Let's say you're dating somebody and the person is a sexual temptation for you, right? And you say, okay, um, I don't wanna do A, B and C because it can lead to D, E and F so because I don't want that to happen. We're not doing A, B, and C. Okay, now that's a statement, okay? That's not, that, the decision is when the heat rises. The decision is when we're in a position where we can go all the way to Z. So it's in that moment that you de- determine your, wh- whether you are gonna be strong. So if you're gonna be strong, you gotta say, okay, I'm going to the mall, I know I only have $20, and a charge card that has a $5,000 limit. So I've decided to leave my charge card at home and go to the mall with my $20. That's a strong decision. It's a strong, I I learned in my life that most of the time when I was doing things that were weak, it's because I really wasn't determined to be strong. He told Joshua, no, I'm not going to make you strong, Joshua. Be strong. Now, I believe that God working and praying and all those things help you build strength. I believe that. But it starts with you making the decision. Here's what's true. You'll never have what you could have if you don't decide to be strong. Never. Just be a prayer, something you talk about, you just decide to be strong. You know how you can tell? How many of you love getting up in the morning? Okay, but how many of you get up anyway? What motivates you to get up? What's that? God woke okay, you, but what makes you get out of the bed when you don't, don't want to get up, when you're tired, don't want to get up? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. Now, he, you got one, one great person who said he never had that problem. Some people like that. They're highly motivated. But most of us human beings have a problem on some mornings getting up. Now, so when, when you have a problem getting up, working out, exercising, I don't know what it is that you may struggle doing, what motivates you to do it? What now? Commitment? Um, But let's say your job, let's make this a job. Have you ever had a day you didn't want to go to work? Okay, what motivates you to go to work? Paycheck! I'm waiting for that one, I'm waiting for paycheck. Right, right? Because if you don't go, what would happen? You broke, you will not be paid. So paycheck is a motivation. And so some mornings when you uh, are laying there Uh, What motivates you to get up? What motivates you to make that strong move out of the bed? You decide, I'm going to be wise, be strong, and I'm going to work. And you get there, and you have a bad attitude. You run into a bad client. Something happens. Somebody says something they shouldn't say. What encourages you not to smack them? Jail, right? So there are things that, you know what I'm saying? There are different things that motivate you to think about my reaction, because I could lose the contract. I could lose this opportunity. I could lose the money. I can lose something if I don't make a strong decision. See, strength is a decision. It starts with the, that's that's the only thing I'm saying. Be strong, and then the next thing he says, be what? Courageous. Be strong and courageous. It's all about you being a person who says, I'm determined that I'm not going to be weak. I'm going to be strong, and he used the word, I put the word confident, but really the idea is being a person who says, I'm strong, I'm going to be courageous, courage is doing what I don't feel like doing, and I'm going to be confident that God will not leave me. So in order for you to get what's yours, repeat this with me please, I must be strong, come on. I must, I must be confident. That's the second, I must be confident. God said, I'll never leave you, verse 5, nor will I ever forsake you. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. If you, don't, if you think that God's only with certain people, if you think that God only likes certain people, you're going to miss something. I think there's something about you embracing the possibility that God's hand is not just on Pastor Rick. It's not just on bishops and apostles, but it's on you. And, and what I think we do wrong is we make you live through, 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 our, uh, through us almost. It's like you admire the man of God. You admire somebody, your preacher, your family or whoever, but you forget this is about you conquering your territory, finding your boundaries. And so you can spend all your life admiring people. That's why I I say this with love. I'm not against this. I want to be careful when I say this. I don't mean any harm. There are times I want to watch some sports, but there's something I need to do for me. And I say to myself, You can either do what you need to do and be successful be strong and do what you need to do for yourself or you can sit here and watch millionaires run up and down the court it's up to you so you you need to decide you can tape this and watch it later but if you want to be successful you can sit here and listen to millionaires sing all day and dance all day on television or you can go take care of Ricky's life I choose to be strong I'm confident that if I'm clear about my priorities, I'll do better in life. A lot of us just aren't clear about that. So to get what you're supposed to have, you got to be strong. you got to be confident. God's with me, just like God's with Moses. That's what he said. I was with Moses, Joshua, now I'm with you. This is not about Pastor Rick. It's not about my mother, my father, my dad. It's not about anybody. It's about me. Then thirdly, I love this thing. He says you got to be fair to the next generation. If you look at verse 6... He said, be strong, courageous, because you will lead this people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. In order, he wanted Joshua to understand his decisions had generational consequences. Not only, if you, don't, if you don't look at your life and see that your life is linked to your children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, just like, for example, where you are in life right now is linked to somebody behind you. It had a generational impact. We can fault people who pass wealth down to other folks. But they understood something. They, they felt it's my family's right to prosper. I'm going to leave my grandkids some money so they can go to college. I'm going, I'm going, to, I'm going to save. I'm going to get out of debt because I, I want to leave generationally somebody. As a pastor, that's what I think about. Our church is in good, good, good space. It's a good, good place right now. But, you know, we, we are, we only have this little mortgage on this deal here, and that's it. And my goal is, generationally, to, to, to keep us moving, which we're doing now, moving in a prosperous direction so that the next generation will never, imagine this, they'll never have to mortgage a building. We did that. We're going to give them a debt-free building. Can I get an amen to that? Imagine, imagine what that would mean. Imagine if you didn't have a mortgage. I had a neighbor who did that. They, their parents gave them a house. I thought, gee whiz. I just couldn't believe it. They gave, no, they did. They gave them the house. Paid in cash the house. But that's because somebody generationally saved and worked, you see, and they, and they were able to do that. Now, just because they didn't look like me, that don't mean nothing. They figured, don't, get, don't get caught up in that. Dream your dream. Can I get an amen to that, right? Amen. And so you can, you can say, well, that, we can change that generationally. He said, I want you to be strong, be courageous, so that you can lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. So notice, the, it, it, in order to get what you have, you, you, what's yours, you've got to be a strong person, you've got to be confident, and you've got to be fair to the next generation. You got to have a generational mindset. I don't believe you will ever truly enjoy all of your life if you don't think beyond yourself. I spend a lot of time now thinking and planning for my future generations. How I manage my money. Decisions I make. I make a strong decision to not buy something I may want to buy because I understand that I, I can use that money over here. I, I, I make, I'm making even physically A decision to take care of myself because I understand that means that my grandchildren can have me longer that's a generational decision my wisdom can stay on the planet a little bit longer if I make that decision that's what God wants me to have I believe that's for me to have but I've got to decide to be strong I got to decide to be confident be fair and then lastly watch this no two more I got to be obedient now I'm going to tell you something. Verse 7 is pretty specific. Be strong, courageous, be careful to to obey all the law that my servant Moses gave you. Uh, There's something about doing what you're supposed to do. I mean, we live in a land where there's a lot of shortcuts going on. Especially in the Christian world. I've seen it in politics especially in the last last year or two. It's been like amazing to me. I'm like, wow. Friends of my people I love I'm thinking, come on, you got to be kidding me. I mean, Right's right. Wrong is wrong. Let's just all say what's wrong and go forward. I'm not trying to pick sides. I'm just saying, that's a lie. That ain't true. I mean, come on, people. Let's work this out. But if but if you're not obedient and you're not willing to say the truth on both sides, wherever, whatever your view is, you got to be fair all the way around. If you can't be honest and upright and obedient, you short circuit yourself. And I'm telling you, there is a powerful principle that. is unleashed in the Bible and I'll talk more about that in a minute if, if you are not careful the obedience issue will be the issue that will disqualify you from having what belongs to you you're not obedient consistently enough to deserve God's best you're not if you're not consistent how do I what gives me the right to deserve this degree if I don't study Why do I deserve the money that they make? Do you deserve the money that you admire? That's the question. Do you deserve it? Have you earned the right to be respected at that level? There's something, I'm a student of people who succeed. I'm I'm from actors, I I read all that stuff, I enjoy it. I am am, um, not obsessed, but I am truly, truly a student of that. Because I I notice that they obey certain principles. They get up in the morning they take you know they they make certain sacrifices when you hear the story of Steve Harvey which is an amazing story I mean you know he may say some bad words he admits it at least I say I can't go along without cussing but one thing that's true he ain't lazy and there's something about that you have to admire tenacity you have to admire that was in his 30s when he really struck it you know you hang in there you you keep trying there's something about those things you see. And I want to be careful that we don't define obedience so narrowly and think, okay, obedient to God. So you think that's like pray, go to church. That's the easy stuff. The hard stuff is not eating all that food you're supposed to, to eat. The hard stuff is not hanging around people you're not supposed to hang around. The hard stuff is being able to listen when you're wrong. Obedience to the law, obedience to the word, the word tells you those things. Being willing to change directions, and there's something that's hard for us, and a lot of times that's tragic. So here we go. How do you get what you're supposed to have? Got to say, be strong. Come on, say, be confident. Be fair to the next generation. Be obedient, and be careful. I love the fact that he says that. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Be careful. I want you to be careful that you. You watch. You be careful to obey. Be, be careful. There's that sense of caution that you live with. If you want certain things in your life, that's what you have to do. Now, I want to switch gears here for a little bit, and I want to entertain questions. So I've said a lot, and uh, I'm going to let you ask me questions online. And uh, I have my three questions, like I always say. Then I'm going to introduce you to our next series. I've got a next one coming next month. I promise you it's going to be great. But let me, if I can... See if we have any questions online or uh, in the audience about anything I've said so far. If you've got a question about anything I've said, raise your hand and, uh, and get a mic to you. Anybody have a question about anything I've said, anything at all, before I entertain you? My questions. I see uh, See, some people talking online. I got to go to the Holy Land. Okay, I see that. And all that good stuff. All oh, that was good. Waters of the Red Sea. Oh, you. So you saw the boundary line, Sam. I see. God bless you. Good. Anybody else? Had a comment? Yes, you have a question. Okay, do me a favor. Could you grab that mic right there? Aren't you working today? Thank you so much. You just, that's a PK buzz right there. That's good. Right there, okay. Okay, right here, right here. Oh, sorry. There you go. Thank you. You're fine. Thank you. What's your question?
1: So you said to be strong. I was wondering how you'd be consistent in making strong decisions because it's easy to make one strong decision. Like it's easy to get up and go what to the gym. Just a little bit so I can hear you. It's easy to make, or my question was, you said be strong, Mm -hmm. but how do you be consistent in making strong decisions? Because it's easy to make a strong decision one day and then when something happens that you don't expect to fall off the train a little bit. So how do you just work to keep that consistency?
0: Being strong is not falling, is not a life where you don't fall off the train. Strong people fall off the train, get back on the train. The problem with the strength is they keep getting back on the train. And they're not jumping off the train. So it's, 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 I call it working the pieces. Every day I work on being strong today. I live, to me, that's a moment. I live in, in the moment. Like right now, I'm strong. Say something bad to me, I gotta think about it again. You understand? It's not like you get strong one day, one juice of strength. and All right, I'm strong now. I'm going to drink this here. I got some strong juice. Hold on for a second. I got some strong. Step out the camera for a second. I got some strong juice, see. And I'm going to drink this. And when I drink this, I'm going to be strong. Ah, here you go. I'm strong. See, I'm dripping and everything, drooling. Now, see, I do that with my grandkid, my daughter. I look at Milani. I said, Milani, this is I I take vitamins, right? So I'll take some vitamins. I said, now this is my handsome pill. And when I take this, I'm gonna be handsomer. And she says, You're gonna be the same. (laughs) So, So we had a little game. I've done it, I do it all the time. So she says, Oh, you're gonna take a little handsome pill? And you're still gonna be the same. You ain't gonna be no more handsomer. You know, and but that's how we view strength. We think you drink one shot of the Holy Ghost. There you go. Devil can't bother me no more for the rest of my life. Ha! That's not how it works. Strength is not something that you get, and you never, ever, ever have to renew it. I love the way the Bible says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. In the Greek, it means be being filled. It's a constant process. It's ongoing. So every day, you work to be strong. So I hope that helps. Somebody else have a question for me in here? Anybody, online or here? No, no. Yes. Say yes. Say no. Okay. Oh, yeah. What you got online? Go for it.
1: One question by um, Willie and Jewel Moore.
0: Hey, um, hey, <laughs> down up there in the good country. Good to see you, folks. What you got?
1: What do you What do you just get tired of being strong for yourself and for others? What do you
0: just? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know what you mean, Jewel. I, I don't and, and, and Willie. I don't know that. Uh, let me say what I think you're saying. There are times you get tired of being strong for your family. You just want to cuss them out like everybody else, right? You want to just be, or you want to just be loose, or just, you know, you don't want to stay. you don't want to be the one they come and get money from. You want to say, I'm broke too, just like you. Now, don't ask me for no money. I'm broke just like you. You want to, do you get tired of being strong for people? I, I view it this way, Joel. I'm strong for me. Being strong is so I can get what belongs to me. So I'm going to be strong in all the categories that I need to be strong in so I can get the benefits of being strong and occupy all the territory God wants me to have. I, I, there's nothing in being weak for me but broke, hurt, embarrassment. I can't. The, 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 the Ricky Temple I, I dream to be is not that guy. I want to be on time. That's a. That's a. I don't want to apologize. I'm sorry. I'm late. I'm, I hate that. I missed an appointment the other day, but I was doing something important. I was. I flat forgot it altogether. Spot the brain, and it was more important. So I was in the hospital. And I had to attend to t- that, and they was really, in a, you know, it was as important. And I had to miss an appointment. Okay, that's okay. But that's not. I hate that. And I went today. Took care of it. Worked out fine. Told them what happened. They were okay. But you know, there are moments when, if you're not careful, you misunderstand what strength is about. I'm not ever performing for you. I'm not doing it because I'm a pastor. If I was Ricky Temple the janitor, I'd want to be strong. If I was Ricky Temple the lawn man, I'd want to be strong. If I was Ricky Temple the plumber, I would want to be <laughs> strong. Man, I like it. I like the benefits of it. I, you know, I, I. I clean my house. I like looking around going, "Thank you, Jesus." I love it. I love I love I love I love clean. I love order. I love I love I love being early. I like all that. I like the benefits of being strong. I like this. Don't get me started. I'm gonna, I I'll go too far. I will say too much. I think you got the point. Jill, I hope that helped you.
1: You and Brother Willie. What you got? Question from Major Johnson. how to be confident with stressful moments
0: how to be confident in stressful moments I have a rule about being confident being scary doesn't work so I just fake confidence if I don't know what's happening I just hold on Fake it till you make it are you faking now no I'm okay today but there are moments you might catch me I don't know what's going on I'm a little bit panicked but I've learned All you're going to do is feel sorry for me. So I just I go at life with confidence. And if I don't know, I ask. I'm I'm confident enough to ask. So uh, ask the question again. Make sure I answered it right now. They asked the question with what now one more time?
1: How to be confident with stressful moments. When stressful moments come, I tell myself, Temple,
0: being afraid is not going to help you. So go up there and do it. Being, Being afraid is not going to change anything. I'm still up here in front of you. I have stressful moments. Sometimes I'm preaching, you know, people be sleeping, not tonight, thank God. People be falling asleep, (laughs) things happen. You know, it's sometimes, sometimes I'm dealing with, I I was in a meeting the other day, um, and it was a business meeting, and and I had to kind of guide the meeting a bit. And, you know, it was stressful. Um, It had nothing to do with church or anything. At least not in terms of, you know, the church preaching or anything like that. It was business. But, you know, yeah, sometimes I feel the stress. I do. But I refuse to panic. I refuse. I tell. My, I talk to myself. And if you could hear two conversations, it's two conversations going on. One is ah. ah! The other one say, "Be calm." <laughs> Sometimes I some screaming inside. But I just tell my. I talk to myself. Temple, calm down, breathe. I'm not gonna. I got little hand signals. I do. Sometimes you just have to hit yourself. I have little things I just stop it. Stop it. Stop that. Stop that. Calm down. You know. You know, what, you beating yourself? No, I'm itching. Just a little just a little. Just <laughs> Some of you, if you ever see me hit my leg, you're going to say, you're nervous? <laughs> so, I, that is not my signal, just for the, rec- just for the record. I'm not telling you my, my signal that I got, but I got signals for myself to help me out. So that's how I manage my stress. You got another one for me, sir?
1: Can I get a pass to just be weak sometimes?
0: Sure you can. Matter of fact, weak is easy. Weak comes easy. So if you get a pass to be weak, the, what you don't want is the consequences of being weak. Because if you're weak, you can't have what's yours. He said you got to be strong to get what's yours. You have to be courageous to get what's yours. You have to be confident to get what's yours. So you can't let yourself live in the land of weak. Uh, weak just doesn't work. It, 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 it. And I'm not. You know, this is the balance as a Christian. Sometimes if you're. How do I be strong and not arrogant? Right. How do, I, how do I show confidence without being, you know, obnoxious? I think that's the balance. You know, learning how to to embrace, learning how to love, learning how to sometimes say less, learning how not to say all you have and expose people to everything you have and all that you've accomplished and don't talk about all your degrees or whatever stuff you got going on. You know, sometimes you just, you know, just you don't have to do that. Uh, but, but as far as wheat goes, I, I just... I try to avoid that because, I, because that's not the Ricky I want to be. See, I'm trying to create a version of Ricky that I can be proud of and look in the mirror and love. That's not who I want to be. That's me. I, I just, and I'm really fiercely committed to that. And that's helped me in my life. All right, next question.
1: And Latasha Russell has a comment. She recommends the book Strong Life by Charles Stanley.
0: Oh, anything about Charles Stanley is good. Strong Life by Charles Stanley. He's a great guy. All right. Anybody else? That's it? What you got? Take that mic to him. Thank you so much. What's your question, sir? Tell me what motivates you. What motivates me? Yeah. (laughs) The image I see in my mind, the version of Ricky that I want to be. I can tell you I have a list of things that I envision, and that, that motivates me. People do motivate me. I can name people that motivate me. I see them. I interact with them. They inspire me. Um, I have a picture. Uh, I bought mag- I saw a magazine, and it was this really fit guy, and I said, I like that body. I'm going to work on that. I said, I'm going to work on that. And I put that on my desk. I said, I'm going to work toward that. So I, those things inspire me. Uh, they don't make me feel insecure. They motivate me. Um, I'm, I... I, mean, I, I I, I can oh yeah I can name a lot of things I used to see coming up as a young man. I always admired a guy who would get up early. I used to admire that because I never could. I used to hate getting up in the morning. <clears throat> I found out excuse me <clears throat> I found out that my problem was I was going to bed late. <clears throat> I'm a true night hog. Oh my God, I I can easily stay up to three in the morning, two in the morning. And so I had to learn <clears throat> excuse me I had to learn to go to sleep. So I used to admire that. Um, So there are a lot of things that inspire me. But I'm really inspired by tenacious, committed, excuse me, honest people. So that's it, all right? Now, let me give you my three questions, you ready? These are three things I I always say I think you should ask me, right? These are things that I think you should ask me. Thank you, my friend. Um, The first question was, you kind of already asked it, how do you get strong? You get strong by deciding to be strong. It's a decision. I've chosen that when it comes to the way I live my life, this is how I define strong. You know, these are the things, and I mean there are practical things that I do that I define as strong. Uh, If you were to be nosy and ask me if you said, um, I define strong as, I wish Diane was in here, she could really be fun to hear what she'd say. I I define strong as laying out everything the day before. That's what I define as being strong. To me, that's a strong move. I feel better going to bed. When all my clothes are laid out for the next day, I've looked at my calendar and I'm clear and I need to read everything on the calendar sometime. Read everything to make sure I'm where I'm supposed to be. That's strong. I feel good about me. Um, I feel strong if I make up half the bed when I get up. I know it's petty. It is. I feel strong. You ready? Here's a big one. I feel strong when I wash clothes every day. See? You're saying you're kidding. Are you shocked? Yeah. said I can wear the same thing every day. That man washes every day. Because I don't like them piled up. That's me. Now, I didn't get to wash them today the because I had to get out of the house this morning. Something came up. I had to get out. So, But I got them right in the laundry room. So, and I got them all neatly stacked. I, got, I, got, I, have, I have my little system. And it's, and you might say, well, what is Diane Dining? got not worry about that. There's a time in her life she had to. But I just like doing it. I got a bad laundry room. When I built my house, I got two washers and two drives. and I just upgraded everything. I got some bad stuff. Ooh. My clothes be saying, "Ooh, I like this." I'm telling you now. I <laughs> strong, strong. See, you know Christians make strong. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's 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 easy. That's easy. Anybody can do that. Washing the clothes. Keeping things organized. thats To me, that's strength. Um, you ready? Getting all my tax money in on time. <clears throat> Jesus. You should have seen me on January 15th. Thank you, Jesus. I'm sorry, 17th this year. All my money's in. Hope I get something back. <laughs> but, but I felt strong because I didn't have that burden on my brain. I ain't scared of April 15th. But you know, if you don't get it in, you're scared of April 15th. You're praying in tongues and backwards and singing now, asking God for mercy. <laughs> and you hear that, that, I hate that commercial, something tax relief. Ooh, I used to hate that. If you owe them any money, you say, Do you owe the government? Click, cut it off in Jesus' name. I don't know yet. I ain't figured up my taxes. I might. But you know, if you know you got it in, if I had to pay something, I'll come in whale. But you know what I'm saying? But my point is, I've done a really good job. Everything's organized. All my records are organized. All you got to do is push the buttons. It's not going to be hard. That to me is strength. Strength is planning ahead. Strength is having your sermons done early. When does the average preacher do his sermons? What day? For Sunday. Thursday. Ah, you heard right. Thursday. And he studied all day Friday, maybe Saturday. Lord have mercy. Everybody say bondage. It's bondage. I did it for years. Bondage. Bondage. How, come, how am I going to tell you what I'm going to do next week if I don't know? Every week and then your family want to go somewhere and you can't go because you're studying the Bible. Kids want to go play. You can't because you're studying the Bible. One pastor told me one time. He said, "He said, Pastor Rick, I study all day Saturday. I said, I bet your kids hate it. He was surprised. What you say? I said, I bet your kids hate it. Where's daddy in the Bible? Trying to get a word. I say let's go play. I say let's make Saturday the beach day. I say let's have some fun. I say get it done early. Can I get an amen, somebody? Amen. Strong to me is getting it done early. Getting it done way early. How early do you to get it done, Pastor Rick? I might scare you. I go way down the river. I work early. I love being, I love being prepared. Then i don't have to get up here. At least I know what I think I want to say. But when you don't know what you want to say, you got to fake it. Come on now, talk to me, somebody. I know I can find my way. Now, and there's two conversations. Where was that? Where was that? Where was that? You know, you get lost, you be confused. It's horrible. It's a horrible life. How do you know? I've been a preacher a long time. I'm trying to tell you. I counsel them. I know they're under pressure. Talk to me. I know y'all ain't with me today. I know because you don't know where you at either. We all scared. We all frustrated. I okay, let me stop. I'm sorry. I understand. For if you ask me what strength looks like, to me, it's the simple things in life being in order. It's the simple things in life. It's going on vacation, and I really got the money to pay for this. But I'm not sitting there. Put that popsicle back. <laughs> Y'all can't have that. You done had one soda. Oh, that's the one for the week. <laughs> Tell Mickey Mouse he is over. How much is that? Oh, no, get out the line, children. Get out the line. We can't eat today. We're going to fast until we leave Mickey Mouse. You know, I mean, I don't want to be, that's embarrassing. I want to be able to do what I want to do when I get ready to do it and be at peace. When everybody else was worried because the paychecks didn't come in on on that day. You ever seen the day when the paychecks got stopped or the technology didn't go through and it didn't, we, we had that problem a time or two here, very seldom, but, you know, technology fails you. And, and the checks don't hit, and, and you go, oh, God, what? Everything's going to bounce. Everything's going to bounce. I mean, the rent, the mortgage, they're going to put me out, they're going to get my car, because you don't have $50. Power, strength to me, is it don't matter if I didn't get paid. Glory to God. I got money, hallelujah, and I'm blessed if I don't get paid, now I want to get paid, but if, I, but if I don't get paid today, I won't be crying and wailing.
1: Can I get an amen?
0: That's, that's strong to me. I'm sorry. All right. I hope it helps you. Y'all like that? Good. How much will my choices affect the next generations? How much will your choices affect the next generation? It, how much did it affect you? How much did the decisions of your previous generation, remember he told Joshua, he said, I want you to be, I want you to understand the generational impact of your choices. So that you can and so he said in verse 6, be strong courageous because you lead these people because you lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors. So how how much did your family's decisions and choices affect you? You're going to have the same impact on the next generation. If we built a building, if we built something that cost $15 million and had a $75,000 mortgage and I left it for you to pay and then I go retire and leave you with the building and the mortgage payments, would that affect you? Some of you said, no, I'm leaving too. <laughs> <laughs> That's what people do, they, they leave them. And I mean, it, 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 it's, it's about understanding the impact you, you have on, on your family. So I, I think that's a great question. How, 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 how much will my choices affect the next generation? It, it has a huge effect. That's why we should do good things now so we can leave them with, in a good place. Third question I have for you today. What I am having what if I'm having a hard time being obedient? We kind of asked that before. I'll give you my simple answer to that. Be honest about the cost of disobedience. Here's what I say. Bad decisions lead to bad options. Bad decisions lead to bad options. I I just I just see people make bad decisions. And And I say to myself, that's a bad option. You have very few options now. So what you want to do is reverse that and understand the power of making good decisions. And there's more stuff in the notes there that I can talk about, but I wanna switch gears now. And I wanna talk about next time. I wanna talk about, um, I'm gonna see if you've got any other questions before I go on, and I wanna tell you about our next series that I'm gonna do, and I'm gonna give you four points that I want you to take home with you. This is hot off the press. You're gonna love it. Our next series is amazing. How many of you enjoyed this series? You did, really? Did you agree? Okay. Before I introduce the next series, let's talk about what you like specifically about this one as I close this one out. What did you like about this series? What was it that stood out in your mind? All that stuff about boundaries. What, what did, did I say that you really liked? Raise your hand. Shout it out for me. What'd you like? What'd you like? Well, I'm used to ministry, so just the interaction. The interaction? you Take the microphone to it for me, would you? No, you're fine. You're doing great. I just want I want to make sure everybody online can hear you. See, you got Willie out there, and Willie says, I can't hear what she's saying. What's she saying? See, <laughs> so tell me. Go ahead. Yes. Um, I was saying that I'm new to the ministry, so I enjoyed the interactive piece of the um, of the of the Bible study, and just the fact that you had in person Bible study um, was awesome. So I enjoy that the most. Thank you. Somebody else. Okay, now Online, do the same thing. Type in what you liked about it, and he's going to read some of your answers, what you liked about the study. Who else had a thought? Some, some? Now, this is where you, I tell you about preachers needing to feel good about themselves. <laughs> okay? If you don't say anything, pastor's going to feel bad, see? All right. Go ahead. What'd you think?
1: Uh, like when you said that um, God doesn't want us to have everything like um, most pastors preach.
0: And it does make you feel like something's wrong with you because you don't have everything you know, and then, here's, you know, and I love that statement, if God did it for me, God can do it for you. God put me in the NBA so you can be in the NBA. Right? No. Somebody said, no. It's about gifting. Sometimes that's not my calling. Yes. It, it's good it to inspire people. Right here. Um, right there, right there, Right there, my brother. And All that's right. what I got most out of it, is understanding your gifts because you, when you understand that, you stay in your lane. Because when you move out your lane, you might run into a whole lot of walls. Right. And, and that's and, something I wish I knew at an earlier age. Because anyway. it, 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 it feeds your insecurities. Because you feel guilty. You're not as smart as somebody else. You, you didn't get a degree that somebody else got. Well, maybe that's not your calling. Maybe that's not your, maybe that's not your boundary. May, I'm not saying you can't expand your boundary. I'm doing more now than I ever thought I would do. I believe in expanding your boundaries. What's that book on expand your boundaries? What's that book? A famous book. Uh, territory. Expand your territory. What's the name of that? Come on. Y'all know it? The name of the book, it was a guy, author, sold millions of copies. The he talked about Expand prayer? My Territory. The Prayer uh, of Jebash. The Prayer of Jebash, yeah. I mean, great, great, great concept. You know, uh, you know I believe in, in expanding boundaries. The problem is I have a boundary, though. And you, I love the way you, you affirm it. It's my gift. Everybody can't do this. That's okay. You shouldn't do it. You should do something else. So anybody else, any couple of more, make me feel good about myself. Y'all help me about that, okay? <laughs> yes?
1: Um, I liked when you told the story about when somebody made it up to heaven and God was like, you don't want to look in that room because that was all the things that you could have had, but you just weren't ready for. So, yeah, just knowing that you have to make the right decisions and be prepared for, like, some of the things that God does want you to have.
0: hmm and I told the story about how I was one kiss away from not being Pastor Rick. Somebody said, "What's? The, I missed that sermon. What happened? What happened?" Well, you were not here. I ain't gonna tell it again. No, no, no. That, you're right. That that I I, I, <laughs> I was I was somewhere, and this is I'm not putting any shade on the person, but I knew that I I was supposed to come and see Diane. It was in December 1980. And I went to visit somebody, and it was somebody I used to date way back. And I was sitting there, and I was like this. I was sitting now, and we were just talking. She said, where are you going? I said, I'm going this time. And I'm going to, and I, who are you dating now? I said, well, I'm dating. I told her who I was dating, and she said, well, you ain't going to marry now, are you? I said, well, I ain't saying, I ain't, like, I didn't come to give those kind of, you know, answer those kind of questions. But, you know, and in that moment, the person started easing up toward me, and I knew it was time to move. And one, see, in that moment, if I'd made the wrong decision, I think I was deciding to be Pastor Rick or not. In that one moment, I was deciding whether I was going to have the love of my life or not. In that one moment. So I said, all rise. And I got up. And I walked out the door and I ain't turned back around. I'm going to tell you something. There are moments when you have to decide what you want to be. You know, I love that. That's, thank you. That's a wonderful insight. You reminded me of that story, that other story I told. Somebody else? Anyone before I go? Anything online? What you got online, sir?
1: We have a few comments online. You got? Uh, Yosetta Eatman, knowing what I'm supposed to have and not conquering everything. Mm-hmm. Carolyn Jeffrey, I like the book suggested concerning dealing with adult children.
0: Yes, that was a couple of days ago. I talked, that's a couple of sermons ago. Yeah. Dealing with your adult children. Yeah, that was great.
1: La- Latasha Russell, uh, day one statement you made, Pastor Rick. It's a good thing to come to a place where I am happy, mm-hmm. where I'm over, overreaching. Mm-hmm. You kept hitting that point the whole series.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if you're talking about overreaching as in there's something I had not talked about. Stretch goals or reaching beyond your boundaries where you were or doing more than you thought. I'm glad you enjoyed that. There is something, I believe, I believe it was, IBM had it, it was called Stretch Goals. No, was it IBM, or was it um, Jack Walsh? one of them. It's called Stretch Goals, where you say, instead of saying, and I believe in this, instead of saying I want $5, say I want $50, but you end up with 25 So I believe in stretching the boundaries. I don't want you to leave here thinking I don't believe in stretching the boundaries. I believe in stretching the boundaries. I just don't believe in having boundaries that don't make any sense. And, I, and sometimes it may make no sense to me. Like, for example, I'm living a life that almost didn't make sense to me. So I believe that you can have, but whatever, there is, a, my point is there is a boundary. I believe in stretching, and if I look and say, well, that's not what I, I, I stretch out right here, $50, but it should be $25. I can live with $25. I can accept my gift, wherever that gift is. I may not be a $150,000 person. I may be an $80,000 person, but I can live within that $80,000 and be a happy person. I'm not gonna spend my life frustrated because I'm not a $150,000 person. So it's all about balancing all that out. And sometimes jealousy makes, us, makes it hard for us to do that. You know, we think it's every, we're supposed to have everything everybody else has. And I think it's important. So thank you for saying that. Yes, go ahead.
1: Damon Taylor, thank you for explaining life's boundaries and how our decisions affect those boundaries. Good, all right. Pat Sharp, the, the importance of your behavior and choices will impact generations to come. In Rick 23, I like the idea that you know you, you know the best. You got to recognize the direction you're going. To, you're going. You got to recognize the direction you're going at.
0: Me. Let me jump in here and let me throw real quick. Thank you for those comments online. Let me jump in and give you a preview of where we're going. You ready? Here we go. You ready? This is my. Series next month is going to start on the eighth of February, and I want you to write that down. We come back do this thing the same way. I'm going to do three sermons. How many sermons am I going to do? Three. three, three, three Wednesday nights. So it starts. When does it start? February the what? Eighth. the eighth. February the eighth. Now here's what I want you to note. I think I got that right. Sheila Bishop, am I right about that? February. That's correct. All right. February. 8th. Now this is the, this is the sermons called. The series is called. Getting along, come on, say getting along with Mr. Money. I'm going to talk about money. So if you don't want to have any money, don't come. If you're against money, don't come. And I want to tell you, one of the things that's really hard about teaching on money in any church, and as a matter of fact, the entire month is about finances, the entire month of February, both on Sundays and on Wednesdays. And I'm really, really excited about something I haven't announced yet. I'm looking at having a vision meeting with the members. And I'll tell you about that later and all those who support us. But I want, to tell you, I want to tell you something that I believe. You need to have a place where you have a money conversation. I don't know if you have a person like that in your life or not. But I have people where we have money conversations. I mean, we just talk about money. How much money I make, what I do, what I do with my money. I have people in my life that know what I make, that are involved with what I invest. Uh, I, they, they, they know me. I, when they see me they see through all of everything <clears throat> and they ask me questions. You need to have somebody in your life where you can have a money discussion, where you put all the money on the table. I don't believe you're gonna ever do well until you do that. Say, so, but I ain't got for ten dollars. Put it on the table. Because you need to have the ability to discuss it and talk about it. So there are four things I'm gonna talk about. You ready? In order to get along with Mr. Money, and that's my little little personification, I call it Mr. Money, and I say Mr. Money has an attitude. Mr. Money doesn't always do well with everybody. Some of you get along with Mr. Money well, and some of you don't. Some of you have an issue with Mr. Money right now because he's not right in your life, and you've got some issues. Um, But there are four things that will help you with your money that I'm going to talk about. The first thing I'm going to talk about is understanding it. You have to understand money if you don't understand it you are not going to do well with it and that's gonna require some education that's gonna require you to sit down and and learn and most of us do not have an environment where we do that parents don't always teach their kids about money they tell you things like money don't grow on trees okay that's helpful when I want to buy something why you always got to kill my vision you know, you just killed my vision. You just, just squashed me, you know. Um, and, you know, and, and people uh, scared me. And as a pastor, they would say, it's not about money. It's about Jesus. Yeah. Well, the lights is not on for free. It costs money to run this place, millions of dollars a year, just for, your, just for your know. It ain't free. You got 40 staff people, it ain't free. And they won't work for free. They're nice people, but they got to work. They got to get paid. You know all the stuff you see us do, all this technology, all this stuff didn't cost nothing. That camera stand was ten thousand dollars by itself. The stand that that camera is sitting on is ten thousand dollars by itself. Well, he should just hold that camera. I agree. <laughs> he should just hold. The camera, put it on your shoulder. That's what he did. <laughs> but you like the technology. You like all that, but it ain't free. I say it all the time. You know I me. Mean? I tell you. I tell you what it costs. So you can sit in them chairs. Calls. Everything costs everything. Costs everything. Costs. Got 700 of them. They cost money. It ain't free. Okay. So, so I want to talk about understanding it. But, you, but a lot of people, and i learned, I didn't understand money. I, I really didn't understand how it worked. And so that's the first thing I'm going to talk about. I'm going to go through a whole thing on understanding money. Number two, you got to have it. Everybody say have it. Yeah. Now, in my opinion, <laughs> we don't know what enough is. And we don't know, oftentimes, how to have it. First of all, you got to work or have some inheritance. Sometimes you have money and you, didn't, you know somebody else worked. If I do what I think I'm going to do right, it won't be as hard for my grandchildren and those, my kids, and it hasn't been, as it was for my mother and me. I made it easier for them. They went to college and didn't pay a dime. I paid all of it. Clap or say something. Don't be looking over. Look, hey Amen. That's a blessing, isn't that a blessing? They ain't got. They don't know what no student loan is. They ain't never had a student loan. Don't need a student loan. I'm the loan. I'm waiting for my money back right now. It ain't it ain't getting. No, 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 no I'm not. But I'm just saying. That's. I don't stand there to brag. I'm standing to make a point. My mother scrubbed floors for me. You see, I had to work a full-time job going to college, all the way through. So, so I I, I believe that there is there are lessons I learned about having money, the benefit of it. So we're gonna talk about um, understanding it, talk about having it, and I'm gonna say this, I'm gonna tell you this real quick. I think that our definitions of what having money, having money is low. Most of us have a very low definition of what having money is. Um, I'll tell you a statistic that's kind of a sidebar observation, just kind of a quick thought. The average African American's net worth, net worth is your income, or your assets rather, Minus your liabilities. Let's pretend you have um, hundred thousand dollars worth of stuff: car, cash, house, cat, dog. Okay, hundred thousand dollars worth of stuff. You owe fifty thousand dollars worth of stuff, so of debt. So you take the hundred thousand minus the fifty thousand. That gives you your net worth, which is what? hundred minus fifty is what? 50. So you got $50,000 worth of net worth. The average African American's net worth is $12,500. The average non-African Americans is $189,000. That's their net worth. That's why some things are more possible. I ain't whining. I ain't complaining. Them, them, them just bees the facts. Having cash, having resources, changes everything. Your ability to do ministry, your ability to help, your ability to, to reach people, having money, pooling resources. That's why tithes and offerings are important. A church needs to have it. You and your family need to have it. The reason your family doesn't have money is because you don't pool money. You're trying to make money all by yourself. If you want to have money, you really the family needs to be together. That's why you're weak. Than you should be. Because you don't have money as a family. So if your car broke, your car broke. But but in my family, the view is: if your car broke, our car's broke. As long as you got a good attitude, you want to be transparent, okay? You want to be open. In my, in my immediate family, and I ain't just everybody, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying this, I got a little, I got a boundary line, okay? But because <laughs> you can't have every. you know what I'm saying, okay? Because some folk, you know, they look, oh, God bless you, cousin Rick, watch out. All right, so (laughs) I'm good at saying no. But boundary lines, boundary lines, I believe that there has to be a cash boundary line. You have to be clear about how much money, how much money you need. And I I say your cash goals are low. Your savings goals are too low. I love that, what's the guy who wrote the book, Um, I'm needing help tonight. He wrote the book, um, come on, Sheila. Uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, We've had this classes in, in church here. Um, peace, financial peace. What's his name? Dave, Dave Ramsey. He said get $1,000. Get a start with that. If you want to start with a number. My target is $1,000. Most of you can solve a problem because there's only a couple of hundred dollars you need here. Two, if you can at least get to that mark. But then I love another book I'm going to recommend to you. It's called, it's called um, The Psychology of Money. That's the name of the book, okay, The Psychology of Money. I don't think we have that on the screen, but that's the book I'm going to recommend next month. And in that book, he talks about saving for no reason. He said getting to a place where you can do what you want to do when you want to do it because you have the money to do it. His daddy worked for, in the first chapter, he talked about his dad worked as a doctor, but his dad saved and saved and saved. And at 20, after 20 years of working in emergency rooms, one day he just quit he just said, I'm done. I've I'm, I'm healed enough people. He, he was emotionally spent, and he walked away because he could. Can you walk away? See, that's the plan. That's the, that's the goal. Most pastors can't walk away. That's why they stay in the pulpit. They be walking to the Bible. All right. I'm all right. Well, no, I ain't going to retire. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here. I was going to be here. That reminded me of a sermon I did 59, 59 years ago. And you said there so when are you going to leave? He can't leave. <laughs> he can't leave. He didn't save any money. He got to preach. You know, and so, you know, it, it's, it's it, 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 we got to get to a place where we realize we are going to get older. Our health is not going to stay the same necessarily, especially if we don't work at it. And so I want to talk to you about having money, having it. And then thirdly, we want to talk about managing it. Can you say managing it? I want to talk about managing money. And I, and I used to hate that term because it sounded like, you know, a budget. I used to hate the word budget. But I'm not talking about, <laughs> I'm, I'm not talking about being under some bondage. I'm simply saying, explain the facts about your money. Here's what I think is a mistake. Most of you never told your kids what you make in salary. And you don't tell your show your kids the bills. They don't know what anything costs. And when you die, they won't know. They won't know how to get to any money. They won't know how to get in your accounts. That you have no will. You have not. See, managing your money is about teaching and explaining and putting it all on, putting it in a place where it's clear. Nobody explained uh, it to me. Not really. Not really. There's something about explaining it and showing, showing them how to manage it how to pay bills, how to put things in perspective, how to pay off debt, how to manage it. Churches tell you how to give to them, but they don't tell you how to manage your money. And then they make you feel bad because you don't have anything to give to them. I think that's amazing. I don't need a church full of broke people. Broke members equals a broke what? Church. One more time. Broke members equals a broke what? Sure, one more time, broke members equals a broke what? Broke family members equals a broke what? No, no, broke family members equals a broke family. Family. You know, a broke Americans equals a broke America with a bunch of debt. It just doesn't work. And lastly, we'll talk about this, being exposed to it. You gotta be around it. I'm gonna tell you something you need in your life. Stand up on your feet, we done. Cause you know I end on time. Uh, you will never be better until you're around people that are better. There ain't nothing like being with somebody who dressed right and say, where you going with me looking like that? It's nothing, it's, it's, nothing like, it's, nothing like, it's nothing like being exposed to it. And that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about exposure and I believe that part of that should be in church, part of that should be in your family, part of that should be in the community. You need to be around people. When some of the, and I'll talk about some of my exposure. You, did, you may not know this. I used to work in Beverly Hills on Cannon Drive. I a, as, and I worked at a brokerage firm called Cantor Fitzgerald Brokerage Firm. They lost more people in the Trade Center catastrophe than any other company. Lost, 400 staff people died, I think it was. Cantor Fitzgerald, so used to work for it. And I was a gopher. I was in college. But I, they had money. And Pastor Rick used to make the bank deposits. How much did you deposit? Ask me that question. Millions every day. And I used to have to bring back the receipt. Five million, ten million, twelve million. I'd be in line. I saw the brother, I forgot his name. He's a celebrity. He was behind me in line the when I was making one of the big deposits. My boss, my boss, I forgot his name now. He was, he was in, uh, anyway. But um, something junior, I forgot his name. Anyway, but he... Uh, and, and, but I remember, I remember all that exposure. My boss used to say to me, Ricky, I want you to go down to the bank and give me, about, give me some weekend money. You know what he used to write a check for me to go get? $20,000 for the weekend. I just got married to Diane. We was broke as can be. <laughs> he used to tell me, he said, you know, I like you. You honest, man. Cause you know the devil said, "Run!" <laughs> I used to, I I remember I said, look!" I said, "Look, look what I got I had to go to the bank to get. I got to take it upstairs to it, and I twenty thousand. I mean, he, it was amazing, and it showed me what it was, but it showed me what it was not. Exposure. Got a lot to talk about next month. You coming back? Come back online. Come in person. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for our service today. We pray what we've talked about is help people and bless people. We pray that we leave with confidence and faith. Thank you for the word and thank you for this day. In Jesus name. Amen. Time's up. Y'all going home. Be blessed. Thank you. I'll see you next time right here online. The 8th of February we start our brand new series. Mr. Money. Don't miss it. It's going to be great. Be blessed. Email me at pastoratovercomingbyfaith.org if you have a question. That's pastoratovercomingbyfaith.org Y'all be blessed. Thanks for being with me today. Bye bye. Take care.